Welcome to another episode of Talk of Tonawanda. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests only that do not represent any other individual or organization. You know what, Carl? It's it's been a minute since we've uh, had an episode. I, I I think it was you. You were you were really busy, weren't you? Uh, retirement. I mean, you're just. It's not really retirement. It's just no, it's, really busy. It's just not possible some days, as you know. Yeah, it, it it isn't. You know, and it's not possible when you leave town. It's not possible when you're not feeling you know up to snuff and feeling a little under the weather. These things happen. It's or? not possible if you're working on the Volkswagen bus. Yes, that, it's, well, it's, it's not it's 50 possible. years old. I got to get it done. You it's know? not possible if you're you're making your hot sauces and planting trees and <laughs> doing your gardening and picking herbs yeah. and wandering across the street to check out the new playground. It's not possible. It, it, it's it almost sounds like you're gonna you're gonna hold this in in my back. I, I guess I'm gonna have to embrace this. Yeah, I've been a little busy. My my niece's wedding in Minnesota, and I've had some teaching things going on. And right. Of course, it is, you know, gardening and planning and gardening and planning. And speaking of gardening, we got something kind of cool coming up, don't oh, we? We certainly do. We've, we have many, many events that happen during our lovely weather months here in the city of Tonawanda. And one of the most anticipated events that we do have, in my opinion, would be our garden walk. But, in, but our board It's, it's, it's a great event. It's a great event. I, uh, you know, it's it's local local folks that spend a lot of time on their gardens, and uh, they're very proud of them. They they uh, everything from flowers and trees to landscaping, and and we have a garden walk coming up, which Ponds, is really cool. Waterfalls, lighting, music. You know, they 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 have musicians come in, and and play for the folks that stop by their uh, their homes and their gardens. You, you sure the music isn't to help the plants grow better? Because I've heard that's a thing. Well, some music might be. You know, but I, I don't know. I don't know if they can hear the plants. Well, you know what? I read a study a couple months back that says they have detected. Uh, now, they, I don't know how they do the testing. This was, <laughs> this, these were several different studies that came out of that course, said. Of some, course there was a study. They, they, had, they were probably they could, funded by, by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. It's, it's funny. You can look it up online because <laughs> there's several different things. They did studies. They connected all these different sensors and things to a tomato plant and found out what they're saying is tomatoes, plants scream when you pull off the fruit. And I was like, well, all those vegans out there, this, this oh is my, disturbing. That, what would they eat then? Seaweed? Dirt. Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, then you got microorganisms. I mean, oh. you know, and, and not to pick on it, but most vegan food to me tastes like dirt anyway, so well, it's not far off. Well, but screaming the, tomatoes. It sounds like a, it sounds like a rock band from is, back when it, you and it, I were in it, high school. It might be. It might have been. Those screaming a, tomatoes. Might have been a quartet. Who knows? <laughs> but but Friday night lights are are always beautiful. Uh, the Saturday event is is during the day, but last week uh, the all the participants in the garden walk, at least most of them, I can't say all because I didn't take attendance, uh, had a chance to get on a couple buses and go around the city to all of the other uh, participants' gardens and get a little sneak peek because. On the days of the event, they're they're at their place, yeah. and, and they don't get to travel around and go see everybody else's uh, Guard, guarding their flowers, frisking yeah. people for pruners, you know, <laughs> keeping things. Uh, I'm sure there's been right. a couple. I'm sure there's been a couple <laughs> roses that have been uh, prematurely cut and brought home and put in a bud vase. Um, but that's uh, it is. It's it's such a great event. It really it's grown there's, in popularity. COVID COVID took so much stuff down. And you yeah. were wondering what was going to come back. And of course, this is the one. And of course, Porch Fest coming up. That's another thing. That's twenty seventh of August. Yes, and it's rocking and rolling. We had Fourth of July. We had the fireworks at the waterfront. Terrific turnout. A lot of confused people because it was in a different firing location. Oh yes. And uh, you, you watch these masses of crowds moving back and forth across the. <laughs> well, they were trying front. to trying to get the optimum viewing place for for themselves. Yeah. And. You can't blame them for that because they made the trek there. They, you know, they were, people were stopping in the middle of the streets and just 
putting the kids on the hood of the car and watching the fire reserve because we had a traffic jam. Yeah. Well, you know what? what it got moved out to a barge when uh, it got really big. Yeah. So it's been out on a barge in the water for years yeah. uh, between the shores. But when I was a kid, they were fired from Niawanda Park yeah. and over. And my parents had come in the, in the big old uh, station wagon, yes. that uh, LTD Country Squire well, with the, uh, the fake Ford, wood. The fake fake the, wood. The, the, the fake foot. Uh, yeah, and, and we Easily sleep- replaced with Formica. Uh, true, uh, and we would we would sit on the big rocks and boulders that they had yeah. and watch the fireworks, and and then of course get pelted by those those brown flying beetles that seemed to come out. Yeah, and, just and, at that time. Yeah, June bugs are still around then. Just crazy. Or sandflies, if if they're around yeah. still. I haven't seen the June bugs this year. I said just just the sand. Coming, they're coming. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Mayor White had said that we are going to try for a barge for next year and involve uh, City of North Tonawanda, Grand Island, and the City of Tonawanda, and gather up some interest and maybe some donations for that and have a longer, larger show because we were limited to two-and-a-half-inch shells, yes. mortars, yes, and we can't go any larger for height restrictions, for various reasons. Clearances. Clearances. Right now, the, uh, the regulation is 75 feet of perimeter for every inch of shell, and that's that's the size of the the uh, projectile they shoot up. So, and there's a proposal to make that now a hundred feet per inch of shell. Uh. So, I mean, you might as well get a crowd there, pass out a hundred thousand sparklers at that point, yeah. because you're not going to be able to do much. Well, that's probably one of the reasons why they would like to uh, extend the offer, the invitation to see if North Carolina Grand Island would like to uh, see. If they would want to participate in one big show, yeah, out in the cool. river on a barge, and there's all the logistics of even doing that because now you're involving you know more coast guard, more auxiliary police boats, more, more everything because yeah. it's a navigable waterway, and who knows? Yeah. Now there's there some other benchmark things. Of course, we have our fireworks, but uh, we need to wish a happy retirement to uh, retiring police chief uh, Bill Strasburg. Yes, um, he is. He is a uh, Gone off to the land like you, yeah. where your work doesn't go down, usually no, goes up. I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that his list has grown over 33 years of items that he just could not get to, and uh, hopefully uh, he, he's starting it at least, uh, you know, maybe in six months. I mean, this is a time you could really decompress and relax and turn off the scanner, as I told him. I said, you yeah, know, don't, you know, don't listen to the scanner. Just stay away from it. It's it's hard it's hard unless you've been in that type of career to yeah, understand I'll, I'll the stress of police work. Want to wish a very happy retirement. Uh, probably uh, hundreds of people know her, her smiling face every day, uh, from Seven uh, Eleven. Chris McDonald. No. Yes, she retired from from uh, her her post at Seven Eleven last week. Come and, on. Want to wish her. Who who is gonna who is gonna be there to smile and, and grant lottery and, tickets? And, and, Fix, yeah, and, and fix the slurping machine. Oh, my gosh, you know. that's impossible. Uh, we were talking about Acting Chief Klontz. Welcome to him. He's got uh, his tour ahead of him. The police is uh, police work in, and science is always modernizing, and this has been one of his, his striving goals uh, throughout his entire career is bringing uh, modern training, modern techniques, and modern practices. So we, we wish him yes, absolutely the best of luck and his entire staff. Yeah, I, I believe that safety uh, possibly I, I believe that our police department, of course, all of our first responders, police department, fire, um, are, are training constantly just to improve their skill sets for us. I mean, it, it's sure. critical training that they all have. Um, but when you have a police department that is trained up as much as ours is, we could sleep good at night, folks. Absolutely. It, absolutely. And uh, Chief Klontz is just, he is, he's always sent the next benchmark. He is, he is a cop's cop yeah. in, in, in the best words that have been described. Yep, Bill Strasburg uh, set that bar pretty high. Yes, he did. He and, did. And now he gets to sit back and uh, enjoy, uh, hopefully some, enjoy some of the benefits from all those years yeah. of work. What else do you got on the upcoming agenda? Uh, the uh, family camp out, uh, Saturday, July 29th. Up at Betts Park, camp out. Camp out. You know, grab the grab the tank, grab the kids, grab a cooler. Uh, what about my RV? Can no. I can I drive no, in no. the RV? No, 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 no. No, you tried that last year. 
What, what about a pop-up? It's half tent, half vehicle. No. no oh. Nothing with wheels. Nothing with wheels. I don't think that's fair. Can my cooler be on wheels? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So can. it's tent camping. It's up at Vets Park. What's the day again? 29th. And, and what's, what's the background on this? The background is, is to come on out. They're going to have organized games for families and the kids and uh, sing-alongs, campfires, and s'mores galores. Uh, just a great time. And it's good. The, the rec department uh, has been planning this since the last one last year. So if you wanted to register or give them a call, um, go ahead. It's the rec department. And the website is www.tonawandarec.com. Dot com. That's all one word. T O N A N D A. Carl, Carl, ask com. me. Ask me if it's going to be just as good as last year's. Go ahead, ask me. Frank. Yes. Will it be good as last year's? Schmore or less? Schmore or less. Oh, ah. sorry, sorry, sorry. And I'm not sorry. <laughs> but we're okay, folks, because we did not have to go through. What day is this, or what? And I'm glad day? you brought that up, Carl. So Carl, thank you so much. Uh, welcome to episode 38, which is celebrating National Etch a Sketch Day. Did you have Etch a Sketch as a child? I did. You I did. did. And I, it was very frustrating that every once in a while it would get bumped, and then you would you would lose what you had just uh, tried to draw out. Well, I was the youngest of seven, so it was. You know, did you learn ever? And you constantly got bumped. Did, did anybody ever show you the secret to doing a circle on an Etch-a-Sketch perfectly every time? Not perfectly. Okay. A near miss on that one. Okay. But you know what? If you didn't have an Etch-a-Sketch, there's always room for more Jello. 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 National Jello Day, Pecan Pie Day. Wait a minute. Back up to Jello. Jello, yes. Where was Jello manufactured and invented back in the day? Oh my goodness! I believe it actually goes back to uh, consommé, which was the uh, the thickening of broths in right. France using bone. Okay, correct. But who decided that? Hey, let's make this flavorful and commercialize it and sell it. Alexander Graham Jello. No, some other guy. But he was from Leroy, New York. Get out of town. Yeah, right down right down the throughway, and they have a Jello museum. Wow, I, that's got to be rough and hot weather because it melts. they got to keep about, molds. Probably about maybe 50 yards from the uh, thruway exit. Well, that is, uh, you know what? The first time I had a Jello mold growing up, you know, it's, it's they mix in it wasn't moldy. Milk, milk and things. Oh. And so when they said it's Jello mold, and I looked at it, I went, oh, who would eat moldy Jello? No, 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 no. No. No, there's like, there's like ice cream and other things Ice in cream, it. whipped cream, whipped yeah, cream, heavy yeah, whipping cream yeah. in there, and fruits. Like right here in Leroy. Leroy, New York. And right down the throughway. Was, was the individual French? No, but as a matter of fact, if you would watch uh, one of the episodes in American Pickers, they went there. The old Frank and Mike went there, and they bought one of their old uh, advertising wagons. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Cool stuff. They bought it from the museum. Now, we, we also have, today is pecan National pie. Pecan. Well, pecan, yes. Pecan, pecan Day. But New Conversations Day. Oh. So we're going to have a new conversation we do. about a topic that's going to be coming you up. You and I always have a new conversation because none of our shows are a repeat. Right. But let's cue the history segment. History of? Because today is also National Paper Bag Day. Oh, that's, that sounds kind of dull, but, but let me give you the background. Do you know where the paper bag was invented? Buffalo. No. Oh. No. It was in the outskirts of London, England. They ah. started folding and gluing together the papers to carry away fish and chips. Yeah, they rolled them up in newspapers, Yeah, and then they would then started sliding them into bags. And that's all the way back. Arthur Treacher was there. Uh, he might have been. He might have been. He might have been. Or, or his evil cousin, Arthur Trichler, <laughs> whichever one. But 1849, so then go forward to 1852, you got this Francis Wool. He was, first he was a school teacher, and then he was disheartened. Then he became a priest, then he decided that wasn't for him. So he decided to become an inventor. So he invented a machine that could make paper bags. And this be big rolls of paper. And there you go. Within, within just a few short weeks, he had 500 employees. And there's a museum there. It became a, a tourist attraction where people would go in and watch the bags being made. But he wasn't done because those were still the flat ones. Ah. Uh, not, not good enough. No. So you had this guy as a Walter Crowell. He, he made this machine 
uh, back in 1867. To make it more like a sack. Yeah, added a square bottom to it. Oh, see, there you go. But, you know, he, he got granted a patent for that. But several years later, there's a woman by the name of Margaret Knight. She invented she, the double bag. No. Plastic she, or paper. She, she actually invented and got a patent for the same machine, except she added the little notch at the top. Oh. So, so they granted her a whole new patent for her machine. So you can grab it from the stack. Yeah. Well, you know, and then uh, you got Charles Stilwell. Uh, he, had, he added a machine back in uh, 1883 that added the pleats. Because the, now these big square bags were cumbersome and they were getting smashed and so on. So he, he designed a machine that made the pleats. And then finally in 1912, uh, Walter Dobner said, let's put handles on this thing. Thanks, Walter. And there it is. So from 1912 on, and then we went to plastic and now we're back to paper. If you can afford it. Two cents a bag some places. Sometimes more. It depends on where you're at. So, uh, so National Paper Bag Day. Everything old is new again. I say that all the time in an episode. Paper bags have come back in a rage. But do you think these people are getting any credit? Well, they just did. Well, I, they're getting credit, but do you <laughs> think they're getting any royalties on this? No. No, because the pens have probably expired. Yeah, well, it's for the machines, though. and I mean, who knows if they were mule-driven back Were on. they all brown paper bags, or were they... Paper bags made out of the newspaper, as you know, as portrayed in movies of the fish and chips. Well, um, Francis Wall, that the guy that made the machine back in 1852, he actually was the uh, the founder, and this is the a national paper company yeah. that is still in existence today. So it was it was a paper developing mill. He was from uh, Pennsylvania. He moved on down to Georgia where there are a lot of trees and a lot of cheap labor. And he could have gone north to Canada. There's billions. Well, not now with all the fires. That yeah, there's not quite. So that's, that's, a, that's a horrible thing going on up there. That's just, uh, my, heart, my heart goes, uh, my tears go up to those people that are suffering up there with the fires up in Canada. Yeah. That's just uh, tremendous. Thanks for bringing us down, Carl. I mean, you know. Uh, so Garden Walk coming up. Garden and Walk. Canal Fest. What's the insight on Canal Fest? We're coming up. We got stuff planned there. Stuff's going to be rocking and rolling. Um, we're doing our usual uh, 500 days of Canal Fest. No, no, it's it's the, it's the usual day. the no. days. No, it's not a century of Canal Fest. No, it's we're both cities are planning on um, many many uh, uniformed and non-uniformed uh, security. You know, for the event, just to keep everybody safe. Um, they're planning on the vendors uh, setting up, uh, getting in place, and we hear that the parade is slowly filling up. Yeah, with, yeah, the, the, with with uh, participants coming from all around again. Quite a few uh, firemen are going to that. They're going to march in uniform. Many of the, many many of many of our first responders and our uniform career fire departments in the area will will be there certainly. Um, I don't know what bands are coming yet because when we asked uh, who was coming, it was um, just a couple that had come to mind for them. There's uh, always good bands that are there, especially when they do the motorcycle night up on Webster Street. Yeah, there's always some. Well, the entertainment's music. separate, separate yeah. from uh, the parade. Yes, there's always there's going to be, you know. Oh, you're talking bands for the parade. Yeah, yeah. At okay. least entertainment, you know, like on both sides of the canal, uh, at. Uh, the Miller Band Shell at Canal Street Pavilion, uh, up to on Sweeney Street, of course. So it's it's going to be at least they're back this year for an eight day event. Next year, there's going to be you know an another you know committee formed on both sides, and we'll see where that ends up. You know, I've I've always found Canal Fest entertaining. But probably not for the same reasons a lot of people, because it is—it uh, truly is a cross section of, it's of our not, region. It, it's not. <laughs> I enjoy going because my appearance scares small children. Just it, just my my face alone. Yeah, I so. would I would say it's not to the level of Times Square, melting pot of America. No, no, but it's it's. But we it's have our own it's, it's it's close to. Maybe what we could gather up, you know, for a few days. Here the, 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 the fashion is what tosses me. I still don't think of, uh, you know, uh, sweatpants as 
going out clothing. I, I, I'm a different generation, I guess. Well, they've graduated from sweatpants, uh, some folks, to pajamas. Yes, I've seen the pajamas as well. And I don't get that. It, it's and just, and you know, flip-flops like, and... Crocs. Yeah, Crocs. It's, it's just... A, you don't a, have your Crocs on today, do I, you? I don't no. even own no, you, Crocs. You have your Skechers slip-ons. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just always interesting to see that the changes in so many things, changes in the foods we're eating, changes in what is considered art, and art is interpretive, changes in people's styles. Um, we have many art events, you know, for the, for the Canal Fest. There's the Arts and Crafts Show. You know, the last weekend on Saturday and Sunday up and down Main Streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be the um, Chalk, I believe, the Chalk Walk. The Chalk Walk, yeah. That's a, that's a visual performing arts board yeah. thing. Very nice. Uh, I, I love seeing, you know, the interpretations of some of the uh, the artists and, w- and what they what they want to do yeah. with that. We had Susan Gregan on the last episode from the Visual Performing Arts Board, and that that chalk walk thing was just a very cool thing that he put together. I'm still trying to figure out the next mural and its location. She she gave us little hints, but it was kind of vague. But still haven't yeah, I still haven't seen that yet. Haven't seen anybody working on any of the uh, signal boxes yet. But pretty soon, all the signal boxes will not be seen anymore. They they're moving all that to underground. Oh wow! Yeah. So how are they going to paint them while they're underground? That's that's well, going to be tough. Well, yeah, that that'll be interesting, but yeah, they're going to be quite a challenge. Yeah, it's it's. We're, I mean, we're going to segue. It's New Conversations Day, and uh, there's there's a new story that's trending. And Carl, you and I have talked about you know development and developers and things before, and how they can uh, bring new life to cities. Yes, and uh, you know when when these developments come through, they're they're most often the, the vast majority of the time. Uh, they are quite beneficial, and they do uh, great things for communities. A- anything from employment to uh, affordable housing to uh, developing parks and things. So th- this this is not an anti-development thing, but there's a story that made national headlines, and it is just burning up the internet. It's burning up social media, and it takes us down to Hilton Head, South Carolina. Okay. Nice area. Yes, nice area. it is. Yes. Um, and this, this uh, I got my information. I quoted the USA Today uh, on the internet for, for the information. Um, so this, isn't, this oh, is yeah. not my own investigation, but I verified it with a couple other uh, news agencies. So that was the source that you started with? That, that's where I started. Okay. When, it, when it popped up on my news feed, I was, I was uh, well, I, I had to read into it, and then I, of course, cross-reference and go through so it. So not that the story is a developer in Hilton Head, but something that the developer is proposing, baking, yeah. building? Well, let, let's let's take you down here. It's it's an area known as Gulagachi, and that what that was is uh, post-Civil War, this was a community of West and Central African freed slaves, freemen, and they formed their own community there in Hilton Head. And it was the first self-governing African-American community in the entire United States. So it's got a great deal of history. When was and this? Post-Civil War? Uh, post-Civil War, okay. right, right, right. At, right when the Civil War ended. And uh, you know, at, at that point in time, it had hundreds of thousands of individuals that were there. 1870s? Uh, yeah, in that okay. range. All right. And uh, in the 1950s, developers started moving in because, you know, waterways and tourism and so on. And they built some small things, but then it started bringing this. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to fast forward to uh, this year. Uh, there's, a, there's a company there, and I'm not throwing stones at any name, but I have to give the right one because there's several that are similar to it that wound up in the news. It's called Bailey Point Investment LLC. Did they spell point correctly? Uh, they did. They okay. did. They pointed it in the right direction. Thank you. Uh, there's Bailey Point Investments LLC, which is not them, and they got targeted and so on, but go to the news for it. Uh, they were formed, as far as I can figure, around 2021, and they started buying up large tracts of this and putting in condos and things that go for a half million dollars and more. Well, let's, let's take it over to a 93-year-old woman, Josephine Wright. This property's been in her family since the founding of the community. And they wanted to buy her house. She's got about an acre and a half there in a small house. And she's, Not much. Yeah, she said, she said, no, this is where her children come, her grandchildren come. 
he's got like 54 great great grandchildren and so on and it's it's been this uh it's been a mainstay this is where they go for their their holidays and their picnics and their stayaways and it is really a, a linchpin of it uh so this developer uh wanted to buy it they offered her $39,000 and she said well no, I, I'm really not interested in selling. So the incidents have not been connected to anyone. However, um, incidents of harassment? Uh, alleged. Alleged harassment. Alleged harassment. Okay. Dead, dead snakes hung on her windows, tires being slashed. That have not been. That have not been substantiated, substantiated toward anyone. towards. Not okay. toward anyone. Okay. But uh, the allegation is there. Um, but there's nobody else that lives around it's, her. It's a bad look. It's, it's, a, it's a bad luck thing. But slash tires, um, the developer allegedly uh, accidentally cut down all the trees on her property one day. Accidentally cut down all the trees on her property. Uh, so this, this has wound up gaining national attention. Now you have folks, even like Tyler Perry himself, has jumped up into this and said, hey, what the heck? Because the developer took her to court. They filed a lawsuit saying that she was and I'll paraphrase, harassing and impeding their development. Here's the filing charge. This is after they chopped down her trees and yes. allegedly Alleged. might have done some other... Yes, allegedly might have done some other things. Mischievous. First off, they, they relocated the new road to be 20 feet off of her front porch. Uh, but, you know, that just the change in the plans, whatever that may be. Uh, their, their suit claims that she is interfering and impeding their development because her satellite dish is too close to their property line uh, and that her shed is an eyesore and will affect development values. What are they, what are they attempting to develop there? Plazas, strip malls, malls, driving uh, theater, what? Half million dollar condos okay. for rich folks who can buy half million dollar vacation homes to spend some time in, I imagine timeshares and whatever. Um, so she filed a countersuit and the judge said, okay, we're gonna bring, a, bring all these cases into court at the same time, it's coming up in September. Um, the GoFundMe page is filling up. There's uh, athletes and uh, movie stars and of course, you know, Tyler Perry, the actor and producer and so on. Uh, the, the local preservation societies and national preservation societies are coming in. And they made the point very clear. This is not about a not-in-my-backyard kind of a thing. This is an heirloom that's been being passed down through the generations, is slated to be passed down through the generations. It's a historical area. It's an ancient home that they've, they've kept up. And this 93-year-old woman is being dragged into court. And uh, they're saying it's, it's kind of like that David versus Goliath, except, sure, uh, you know, this is a 93-year-old David. So, again, so the, the, the topic that I'm broaching is, you know, development and developers can do a lot of good. They've re-energized communities. Yes. They've, they've brought in jobs. They've brought in housing. They've, they've look at different areas in North Carolina. Well, they, trans, they, they could literally transform a neighborhood from blight to bright. Absolutely. You know, tear down some of the uh, older buildings uh, put up some newer buildings uh, that are needed. If they provide construction jobs, they'll provide uh, tax revenues for the communities. Um, they could build a store. They could build a condominium uh, area. They could build a school. You know, tear down an old school or develop you know a, a vacant lot into something that the community needs. Years past, we all look at Buffalo's waterfront, and it was always. And from my memory, it was always factories. And now you look around Buffalo's waterfront, it's parks, it's homes, it's apartment buildings, it's retail space, it's fishing piers. It's all been reclaimed, cleaned up, and now you have a lot of waterfront that's accessible to the public. Whereas years before, you had thousands of feet, miles of shoreline that were not accessible to the, to the public. Yeah, and it, especially when they were building factories and so forth that obstructed these things. That's where they wanted to put them, right there, yeah. because they had the water was right there, pump the water, do what you needed to do, and pump it back out. Yeah, pump it back out and, and, and mess the environment. Yeah. So in this particular case, what piqued my interest in this on the human side, um, 
is that this, this was something that there, there was never an intention to sell. She never made a counteroffer. She never said, well, you know, it's just not enough. She just turned down the offer yeah, and said, it's not yeah. for sale. And then all of a sudden, dead snakes hung on her windows, slashed tires. As I said, they haven't connected to anybody specific. Uh, but it is very clear. She made the statement that they cut down all the trees on her property. Uh, you, you don't accidentally cut down the trees on the property. That's, that's you know, at, at the least, that's, you know, vandalism and, you know, harassment. Yeah. And, and, of course, these were, I'm going to presume here that these must have been some older trees. From looking at the pictures of the property, there's no little saplings there or some cute little garden that somebody put in. Um, so, I mean, you can't even just replace these things. Yeah. So the, the family is all unified. The local preservation is unified. So they went to the, uh, to the council, and the council said, well, the developer followed the process we have on the books. But apparently there wasn't any transparency on it. So, and you can go back and forth on that because there's, there's executive things and then there's other things. Carl, I, I'm going to put you in there, and I'm going to put you as, we're going to make you the what independent arbiter. Okay. Independent. Independent. You're, well, you're, you're not related to the family. You're not related to okay. the developer. You're the outside third party. And all the information that you have, of course, now the snakes and the flat tires and, and so on are allegations. There's nothing criminal filed. There's no substantiation on that. Yes. But you have woman A, never intended to sell. Company over here right. who wants it, pushes it, uh, the lawsuits and so on. Um, and in fact, if she hadn't got the support from GoFundMe, she does not have the money or the means to hire the attorneys to fight this whatsoever. No, no. It, it would almost be if it was for the public good, then the, an application for eminent domain would take place. And the city just giving her market rate for it, mm -hmm. taking over the property, and then taking ownership of it and reselling it to the, uh, to the developer. We all know, you know, horrible eminent domain stories, you know, about families being, you know, booted out of the farm because, you know, the, the rail line wants to put a railroad spur there, you know, through that to go somewhere where they need some, some more water rights for, you know, farming or whatever. It happens all the time. Eminent domain um, was written you know, many, many years ago in order for the greater public good to have access to something better than what the owner is providing. And it, it does take into account that the owner will be compensated for it, either trade the land or compensate them, you know, monetarily. And it's really not supposed to put a value on, um, intrinsic value as far as like, well, it's been in the family for a million years in this or that. In this case, it sounds like maybe it's not in the public's greater good to have her little acre of heaven. So that's why the city's probably not going to be involved in it, and it's just her against the, uh, yeah, the no, developer. The, the council added well, they are, an they, extra level of clarity to their policy and procedures, which is commendable. Um, they didn't have an issue before, so I, I got to commend them. They at least did that. But now you're the jurist. Uh, He's going to hear both cases at the same time. The company is suing for damages uh, based upon the, <clears throat> the location of her satellite dish and the location and condition of her shed, which are both on her property. Her allegation is that there are damages in place, that there is personal injury can, can include harassment and intimidation is what her claim is. Sure. Uh, plus, plus the trees. The municipality apparently has not done anything with eminent domain, at least not at this point. Uh, and I think they're probably reluctant to even consider I would, such a thing I, I, I would, at this point. I would say just yeah. more, more negative publicity, yeah. you know, on Hilton Head and the environs. So with, without any evidence one way or the other on other certain allegations, what's there is they're suing for the X, she's suing for B. As a jurist, and this is not a... Judgment. This is this is a podcast. Yeah. Where are you leaning? What are you thinking? I well, I, I'm I'm thinking most of all, it's it's the will and the wishes of the current property owner. What what her intent was? Is she truly not interested in selling it, or is she 
interested in holding out for a bigger payday? So you ask her that question in court, and it gets asked of the uh, the litigants as well. She didn't ask for a counter offer. She didn't uh, do anything except say, "No, I'm not selling. This is a family property." So that's that's the next evidence that comes up. Yeah, I would I I, I would I would press I would press the developer, you know, to maybe push it down to their you know, to their subordinates, leave her alone, stop the, you know, if you are thinking of it or have, you know, tried any harassment or to move her out or to push her along, I'm making a decision on that. Um, usually in these, these things, if you just let things go for a while and just let things play out, let them do their road thing, you know, because if it was within their rights to do that, they're going to go ahead and do it. It might cost them more. It might not cost them more. But in the long run, you have to look at what's really going to happen here. Is she really going to put up with a highway, you know, going in and out of this development? You know, she's, re she's requested a fence okay. of an appropriate code-compliant uh, installation so that they have their roadway, she has her privacy, and, and that's could, really what she wants. Yeah, she, she wants they to be left put, alone and get a fence. They could put up a berm. They could put up a, you know, a sound you know, fence to deflect you know, all the traffic noise and stuff. But Maybe plant but a then few it, replacement trees yeah, along but, the but way. But then again, her quality of life is, is going to be diminished because mm -hmm. she's not going to have her trees. She's going to have that constant din of noise. Who knows? People might be driving by in the middle of the night just beeping their horns. Sure. Her air quality is going to go down because of, you know, we don't have electric cars everywhere just yet. Right. So there's, there's that. Um, can you imagine her or one of her grandkids, you know, trying to get into, you know, Mimi's property there and getting in and out. And oh, my. Dealing oh with my. the traffic. Certainly. Certainly. So it, it, usually when you, you, you are faced with an unbeatable event or a number of odds against you, you know, how long are you going to put up that fight? Did you ever see the movie Up? Yes. This that's what this reminds it, me of. And yeah, if you it, haven't seen similar. the movie, folks, it's 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 yeah, really it's a, it's, it has a Disney, some it's a Disney movie and it's very uh, it's very poignant at some times. You do you do get drawn into the individual characters as all Disney uh, movies have. They have the you know the good guy and the bad guys. Yeah. Who was that Ed Asner, wasn't he the voice? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it was just well done. Yeah, yeah it's Carl. Carl. Yeah. And it was uh, such a and it this this brought me to that. So um, I do wish her luck, and and you know what, Frank? I, maybe you just bringing light to this. A few more people will you know look it up on one of their search engines, you know, and and, and find out a little bit more of the backstory on it and follow along with it. Yeah. Her um, name is uh, Josephine Wright with a W W R I G H T. If you type in on your search engines Josephine Wright and Hilton Head, it comes up with. Every news agency's articles more more than more than you'll have time to read in yeah. a day. Is this so? How old is this going on? Because we know that as Americans, we are going to the flavor. Used to be a flavor of the month, and now it's the flavor of the day. Well, it's, it started apparently uh, in the months of 2023 leading in, and they've set to hear both cases in September of this year. Okay. So it it's active, it's ongoing. So in a, in a couple months. Well, you know what? Here's the other thing that, that, that's the sad part that's just coming to my mind right now is her age. Yeah. You know, how long could those attorneys for the developer push this out and say, we're not ready, judge, you know, we need a continuance, you know, can we come back? You know, and then you bump it and you bump it and you bump it. And after a while, you know, Josephine is not, you know, and that was my she's, mom's name, so of course that that breaks my heart as well. <laughs> so we had so, and I, you know, I'm not trying to bring negativity on you know on, on age and seniors and their cognitive abilities to go through something like this, but it's got to be very stressful for her, her family. Uh, there's no neighbors left. It, it appears not. It appears that there was some some vacant land, so it was you know cheaper sale. I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I tried researching the company. Uh, more deeply, and I, I'm not going to mention names or anything else because um, a lot of it seemed rather veiled. But what, something interesting that came out of this, I talked about 
specifically the name of the development company, yeah. the ones that are similar to that, they started getting just inundated with anger mail. And so they've come out and said, listen, it's not us, and we're on her side. So it, it was kind of like this strange thing. Where else would you that, fall that if you came through? Yeah, where else would you fall on something like this? So I wonder if the folks at Bailey Point Investment LLC are considering uh, exactly everything that's going on here because they're while they're trying to build yeah. homes, they're they're destroying a home. Yeah, which which is the, their yeah. trade off is. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And this is no rundown their, shack. Their bottom line. Yeah. yeah this sure. is no rundown shack. The house they're, appears they're, to be in nice shape. Yeah. And it's old. I mean, it's 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 obviously historical, but it's maintained, tidy, clean property. And, yeah. You know, just Josephine out there on her sun porch drinking sweet tea. Yeah. Do you um, remember, Do you, of course you do, but do you, a lot of folks have heard of or remember the story, the tale of, uh, of Love Canal. Mm-hmm. And how yes, that all went for a lot of the folks. And, you know, very famous movie, you know, Aaron Brockovich, you know, brought a lot of that to, to light. And it's in Niagara Falls, which is, you know, a couple seven irons and a driver away from where we are right now. It is. Uh, so, which may explain some of my behavior. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to file but that away. It was, it was huge. It, it, it literally was the driving force behind the National Superfund. Yeah. And, and so you always have developers who are now looking at you know like how publicity tends to drive jury awards sometimes and this company are they looking at more negative publicity you know between now and their in their court appearance you know they're, they're looking at almost two months 60 days or whatever it's going to be of just more constant negative publicity you know against them they might be they might be just better off of just backing off and just letting you know events and time you know the timeline go you know as they continue on their their quest for digging up dirt according to the news agencies multiple requests for interviews and or statements and crickets nothing well yeah how do you how do you spin this positively if you're a you know a, even a public relations firm that handles you know type this, this type of thing. Well, you know, if How I, do you if do I'm, that? If I was a real journalist instead of just a podcaster um, and I had the opportunity, I would, I would ask straight out, did you cut down the trees? If you did, did you know that you were on her property and what was the motivation? And who are you going to pass the buck to? But, I mean, we, we could pull on that thread for, for a lot. There were was, was similar things that happened down in uh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina where people that did not live in the state purchased property in the state and yeah. literally took over to the point of uh, places. There's a place I love down there, and these, these guys are wonderful. It's Bob's Bait and Tackle, and we don't get paid anything for saying that, but they, this is, it's Bob's because there are multiple Bob's, and now uh, Junior has, has got it, but there was a time when out-of-staters who took over the council there and changed the rules made Bob take the shark off of the roof of his tackle shop that had been there for decades. So he was forced to take it down. So he took it down. And he put it on a stand next to it. And then he painted it bright pink so they could always see that shark. Well, then they came back around and said, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, we'll find a way for you to put it back up. And I, if I, by paraphrasing Bob, he said, yeah, too late. I've already taken all the brackets off. I've redone my roof. Nope. Yeah, it, it, at some point in time, you really do have to think very carefully methodically through what your actions are going to be, especially if you are in a city, village, town, state, county government. There was a, there was a thing, there was a, a lovely little restaurant that was down, there was a breakfast joint, um, and I won't use the name of it because I don't want to you know, tick off anybody down there specifically. Fried eggs and ham. Um, owner passed away. Some form of eminent domain was used to acquire the property, which was on the sound side. Okay. They gave it to the volunteer fire department to do a practice burn and then tore it down and put up development for the municipal bodies and then banned all clamming along that entire shoreline behind it and changed an entire area to suit whatever they felt was appropriate. And again, I'll state that these people were not North Carolinaers, 
they were from another state. And well, those people in the Outer Banks know exactly who I'm talking about. Well, we need, uh, we need, we need <laughs> to follow on the story, and if you can, give us you know, a, uh, an update well, as, we, as we go along. Nothing until we'll, September, apparently. Well, the way we're going, we'll probably only have two podcasts between now and September <laughs> because you're busy. Well, I am restoring a 73 Volkswagen for my son. Uh, my daughter and my son come back from college uh, starting uh, in just a couple of weeks. They'll oh, be here for good. several weeks. Very good. Because uh, they're overseas in college. They'll be coming back. Are they leaving? Is he going to leave the bus here or take it, take it back with him? I offered to, to ship it over. He says, no. He says, uh, they got a great transit system where they're at and parking's tough. He says, so when he's done with college, we'll ship it to wherever he goes after that. But it turns 50 this year, so I'm trying to get it out. I want to get it done in time for the Oktoberfest coming up on September 9th. Okay. And... Uh, Use it as what's a paintball target? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, we, we've invited a certain Volkswagen club here locally to come down and do a German car exclusive oh, car show. Very nice. October so get out your things, your bugs, your beetles, your super beetles, your your minks. Well, you got it. You know, Dune buggies. Yeah, yeah. Well, dune buggies, just make sure they really are VW because some of them well, they will modified. be. No, they, so, they will be. But yeah, VW only type thing. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll come. We wanted to get it there last year, and mm -hmm. there was just too much going on. So we, we just never connected. And when is the Oktoberfest uh, again, Frank? Saturday, September 9th. Perfect. And uh, if you need to uh, map quest it, it's number one, Main Street, Tonawana, New York, 14150. Let's, let's get 100 bugs there. That would be great. Let's get 100 of them. Hundred, but well, there's probably going to be bugs anyways because there's yeah. food. You're talking about Volkswagens, though. Yes. Ah, okay. VWs, so Sirocco's, Tiguan. We, we stretch. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> vintage VWs. Oh, folks. well, you didn't, you didn't explain don't, that. Don't be driving in with your Atlas. They're very nice, but they're hardly vintage. Oh, all right. Uh, the last uh, air cooled rear engine driven only. Air air cooled. Yeah, the air cooled monsters. Okay. So, uh, Carl, uh, we we put. For, for not having a lot to talk about, we've really seemed to have <laughs> stretched out the, the let's material. Make, let's make it a date that week after Canal Fest, we reconvene the talk of Tonawanda at gmail.com. And we review uh, Canal Fest. We can do that. Highs and lows, uh, favorites, not so favorites, and uh, review it. And let's talk further about. Garden Walk. How did Garden, Garden Walk, walk goes? Yeah. We'll write down some uh, addresses and give them uh, proper uh, consideration and caduce. Yeah. There's, a, there's a few right up the road here that yes. I've been eyeballing as I've been uh, make, taking my walks. Does he, have, does he have the fountain again? I haven't been able to see it, but they, <laughs> there was some work going on late at night the other night. Oh, heard some tools and tinkering, so I'm, something's I'm, going on there. I am so appreciative of somebody else's gardens, because... All my back, my backyard is strictly it's grass, uh, a rose bush, and a very very healthy grapevine this year. I am finishing my work up on a large tomato trellis that measures sixteen by twelve wow. by eight foot tall. Very good. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be roofed in. It's going to be all tomatoes. I grew them all organically this year, and they're uh, they're doing super. All right, back back down the rabbit hole again. We went. I did. Carl. Closing remarks, words of advice, wisdom. Closing remarks. fresh. It's new conversation day. New con I'm something gonna, fresh. I'm going to say it's, it's a, once again my pleasure uh, to sit down and do this conversation with Frank, share it with all you nice folks. Uh, if you have a chance, uh, listen to our friend down the thruway. Yes. Frank, Fred Sauber, at just an old guy with a mic. And really... I, a different flavor of podcast, yes. but really well done. Yeah, and he is he is very welcome to come on ours, and I know we've been invited to do his. Still working out the logistics of that. Driving to Rochester. Driving to Rochester. Quick podcast is uh, not always on the. It's hard enough to get together for it's the trying, podcast. It's hard well. enough for you to to <laughs> drive the sixteenth of a mile, five houses to come here. Uh, but yeah, also uh, you and I still have our our golf disc. Uh, tournament, just the two of us, one Please. disc, one disc, six targets, and see who comes out on top of that. 
um, the infamous Talk of Tonawanda Disc Golf Challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Spartan, you know, disc golf is, is you know, ready to be Great, great folks. We had them going down there. Yep. And you got baseball season. It's half halfway mark. Um, it's always exciting. You know, the, the, the last run for uh, World Series, uh, baseball, the greatest game on the planet, I feel. And we're, we're coming to another sad thing when you start seeing back-to-school sales. Oh, well, you know, uh, we, we were July already... 5th, I, I saw a back-to-school sale. But anyway. I was, I, in, a, I was in a major retail chain. Major. Halloween candy aisle is already oh. in place with the plastic pumpkins, including purple ones. No. Yes. Right. It's, it's not even July 15th. We have... Halloween candy and purple plastic pumpkins, and the costumes are coming out. No, I, I, it's, it's such pushing it yeah. forward. It's too much. But anyway, uh, get involved in your community. Do some good deeds. Uh, collect some cans and bottles for your, your local food pantries. Uh, give them a call. Find out what you uh, can donate to them, dry goods, etc. cetera. Uh, help out some folks if you can. It's always good for you, good for them, good for your community to help out those that are in need. And I just wish you well, Frank. I'm glad to see you again. Thank you. Always a pleasure to see you, Carla. I mean, it's... Good to be seen. Well, yeah, I know. Any, every day on... I tell everybody, every day on this side of the dirt is a good start to the day. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? It is, it is true that we do wish you all well, and we want you to wish well to others, because it's just... Life is too short, and... Uh, so many problems that we have making national news are petty. Not like Josephine's. That's that's a significant issue. But put aside subtle things and hugs cost nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hugs cost absolutely Smiles nothing. are free. So thank you, thank you, Carl, again. A, a fabulous episode 38. We're going to have to really dig to find something for episode 39. Comments, comments and questions always welcome at the talk of Tonawanda at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous week. We'll talk to you soon.